You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm your host, Garrett Justice, and today I am joined by Caden Heaton, who's the HR manager at Unforgettable Coatings. Caden, how are you doing today, man? I am doing excellent. Thank you. How are you? Hey, doing great. It's so great to have you on the show. I'm really excited to jump in and to our topic today. I think it's going to be great. But before we do, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit more about your background and career and what Unforgettable Coatings does? Yeah, awesome. Um, I'd love to. So I, uh, I got my degree in industrial organizational psychology. Never really planning on going in the HR route. I thought I'd do, you know, maybe business counseling or something with operations. Um, and uh, I, I stumbled into it. I, I was working, you know, for, for university while I was studying. And I came with, with some problems and solutions to my boss re- resolving around revolving around HR. And, and he said, great, I want you to do it. And, and that was kind of my, my first taste of human resources. And then, and then after graduation continued on and uh, ended up doing a lot of recruiting. In fact, where I'm working now, uh, that's what I was originally hired to do um, would be corporate recruiting for, for various States, uh, Utah, Las Vegas, Idaho, Arizona for my company. And then, through a restructuring and reorganization, um, they wanted the back office people to really be able to help the front office more. Mm-hmm. And we kind of restructured and reorganized. And I, I just ended up doing, I became the HR manager for the Utah office. Cool. Um, doing doing kind of the, the one-man band for this office with, yeah. with my awesome team that I, I work with in other states as well. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting, you know, journey into HR there. So um, I want to get into that a little bit more too, but first tell us a little bit more about Unforgettable Coatings. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome company. Um, I, I started working with them uh, about a year ago. Oh, a little, little bit over a year ago. Um, they're, they are a large scale painting company, mostly exterior painting. Um, mm-hmm. They do business complexes, uh, apartments. If they if they do homes, their goal is to do like a whole HOA, the entire yeah. HOA, not just not just a single home. Kind of kind of larger projects. Um, like I said, mostly exterior. That's kind of what they do. Um, I, I I love it here because I mean we have financial goals. We we have things we're aiming for, but. The, their end goal isn't money. It's what can we do with that money? And, and what I've seen them do is, is always been amazing things to help people. They, they really want to give back to uh, our, our employees. And, and I've seen them do amazing things just to, to give back to some of these guys and, and just make a difference in their lives. So yeah. I, it feels good. It's, That's it's awesome. been very enjoyable working here. 
That's so great. So it's a mark of a, of a great company. doesn't matter which space you're in, but when you know you have management that uh, want to take care of their people, um, man, that's, that's so key in being a successful company, I think. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, okay. So one, one of my first questions I wanted to ask you before we really jump into this is, you know, what, why did you choose to pursue a career in HR? You kind of shared some of that background, but I guess maybe another take on that is why have you chosen to stay in an, in a career in HR? You kind of stumbled into it. It sounds like you kind of told us that at, at the beginning, but what do you like about your career and why have you chosen to continue to pursue it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, funny thing. I'm I'm now. I, I just got my certification, uh, my SHRM CP certification. And had you Congrats. asked me, that's a lot yeah, of work. Yeah, thank you. Had you asked me, like even a a year ago, if if I would be interested in doing that, I would have probably been like, no, nah, not really. Um, <laughs> but but it's just it's just kind of worked out that way and and i've asked myself that question that you've asked me multiple times like why am i continuing to do this this what this wasn't my initial goal and but by i've stuck with it and and why and why go on and get certified and you know um put myself in a position with the company that indicates that i want to continue this career and, and lengthen it and i think a lot of it has to do with the company I work for. I don't know if I would want to be the, the HR manager in any company, mm-hmm. but in this company, it's, it's been a, a delight. I'll go ahead and say that I, uh, I, HR can have a reputation of being, you know, that department that nobody likes. <laughs> uh, and, and this company has done, done a good job of, making it so that we are servants we're there to help yeah Yeah. and and i feel i feel appreciated and i feel like i'm making a difference to these guys um and and it's i i find that rewarding and so it's been a pretty significant reason why I've, i've just continued with it That's awesome. You know, I think that that's so, it's so similar to probably so many who work in HR roles, especially for small businesses that a lot of times what draws people to that career is they want to help, they want to serve and they want to help the employees to be productive and to enjoy their roles and the company to be successful. And it's, it's unfortunate that some companies kind of paint HR as like the, the bad guys, right? Like the (laughs) red tape. Yeah. The red, the red tape and whatnot. So, um, it's great when you can find a company that understands the real value, the strategic value of a really solid HR uh, person and kind of discipline as a whole and can, and can kind of bring that out. And I think that's when HR people really enjoy their, their roles. So cool. Cool. Well, Hey, let's transition into this topic today. So while you and I were chatting beforehand about what should we, what should we talk about today? You kind of propose this idea of HR for companies that can't really afford HR employees. And I thought that was a really interesting topic because there are so many small businesses out there um, who, and I, I see this every day, you know, and talking to many HR, you know, small business HR people or, you know, CEOs or owners or executives of small businesses that um, when is the right time to hire an HR, dedicated HR employee. And 
if you, before you do that, you know, what should you be doing to kind of fulfill those HR needs? So interesting topic. I'm really excited to get into it. Kind of maybe to just jumpstart it. Um, I'd love for you to just explain, you know, based on your experience at Unforgettable Coatings, at the other previous roles you've been in at small businesses, what are the types of HR struggles that companies encounter most often as they grow? Yeah, um, excellent question. And I think it starts right out the door. Uh, first thing that they encounter is with with their new employees, just, just starting fresh out the door. First, actually, let's go even earlier than that. It starts during the interview process, which isn't only an HR process, but mm-hmm. there are laws and requirements and, and questions that you can and cannot ask. Mm-hmm during interviews and and there's a certain hiring process that you should probably follow uh, in your company to make sure you're not discriminating, um, to make sure that you are being professional with those, those candidates. Um, Yeah. And as you know, without, without having someone that can handle that, the the onboarding process, hiring someone on, Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about first impressions. If you don't have a good onboarding process and you're hiring this new employee on, if they have any experience in the industry, they might be thinking, oh man, this this company doesn't have all their ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that, I mean, that just first impression can lead the way to so many other impressions or incidents or Mm -hmm. concerns that can well up inside the, the, the employees that we're supposed to be providing services to. So it sounds like, um, you know, if I, if I'm hearing what you're saying, most companies really start to think about the need for HR, whether it's outsourced or someone kind of in-house to do it when they start hiring employees, they have to pay them all the legal ramifications of hiring and paying and then onboarding and training them. That's when it's like, they start feeling that pain and they realize, Hey, maybe we need someone. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the kind of the icing on the cake is when they have to terminate someone. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, Oh, how do I do do that? Yeah. Yeah. How do I go about doing that? Got to be careful to not, you know, there's legal ramifications of how you go about doing that. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, okay. So when a company is kind of in that position, at what size or at what point should they start looking into investing in an employee to oversee their HR functions? Great, great question. And, and really it's, it's industry specific as well. I mean, you, you have some industries where the employees are so autonomous and they can just take care of themselves Mm -hmm. that you, you could get a hundred employees going in and just take care of it with management. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's easy. It's a piece of cake. Um, other industries, just to give you an example, I hired someone on the other day and they did not speak English. They, mm-hmm. they spoke a different language. So there was already one struggle, mm-hmm. just hiring them on. Um, then I found out I, we, the platform we used to hire individuals on, um, it doesn't, uh, it requires they have an email address and they, they didn't have an email, email address. So mm-hmm. foreign language, 
I had to create an email address for them. Uh, and then I found out that the application we use, that uh, they had a phone from their country and it, the application is only available on the app store in the United States. So now I had to find a back door for them mm-hmm. to get to the application. I mean, yeah. good heavens, it, it took, no, they didn't have a bank account, but they mm-hmm. wanted to have, you know, they didn't want to just get a check. So I had to work with that. I mean, the worst case scenario is, is like a three hour onboarding process. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think when you get to that point, had I not been there, the person taking care of that could have been the owner mm-hmm. or the, the project manager, the operations, whoever, I think at that point, I mean, how much is it worth it to you yeah. to not have to spend those three hours? What is the cost and benefit return right. of having someone who I, I could do that? I mean, I didn't want to spend three hours onboarding someone. He didn't want to spend three hours being onboarded. Sure. I, mean, I would I would love to have done it in, in 30, 45 minutes, but I was equipped to do that. And mm-hmm that pays for itself because then the owner and the, the, the operations managers and sales or whoever, the head of that department doesn't have to sacrifice what they're working on to complete it. So long, long answer for, for a short mm-hmm. one right now, I think really once it becomes worth it, there's, it, it can pay itself off. Yeah. yeah. It could be that kind of investment if you are spending so much of your time that, that your own projects and duties aren't getting completed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's really, really good context. So depends on the industry and depends on how much time management wants to really spend on those activities initially. Cause we've already talked about how important it is to have really good onboarding, you know, hiring, onboarding, offboarding type experiences. So that's established. We know that that needs to happen, but when management, when it gets to a point where they're spending a lot of their time on it, then it's kind of that cost benefit and it makes sense to bring on someone full-time dedicated to HR. Is that right? Yeah. Well, outside of onboarding and offboarding as well, um, you know, working for a big tech company, you, you put, you put an app in their hands that manages HR for them. And you give that to these these guys who are so tech savvy and just, just smart with with technology, and then in a couple of minutes they've figured the app out, and they mm-hmm. won't come to you asking questions as the HR manager. They'll they'll first they'll go to the app yeah. and get the information they need. Um, whereas here, that individual he's not going to go to the app and seek that information out. He's going to have me on the phone yeah. helping him, walking him through his questions, if it comes to benefits, if it comes to anything HR related. So yeah, it's, it really does. I I imagine I would wager that the more you walk away from the tech industry, the more there's probably a need for kind of this one-on-one, someone that can do HR, that can help out, that that can talk to them on the phone sooner. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that I think you're probably right about that. And and you know, a lot of what we're talking about right now too are really like the administrative HR functions, right? It's the helping employees 
get paid, get onboarded, get trained. And that's all super important, but there's a whole another level of value that HR can provide to a company at that, at the more strategic level, right? It's like big questions about how do you build culture where people want to come work for your company? It's about how do you help employees feel engaged and recognized and rewarded for the work that they're doing. Some of the stuff that you talked about at the beginning about why you like working for your company, how do you make everyone feel that, right? Yeah, that's, that is, I, I feel like a good HR rep can take care of all of the little things like payroll and hiring and, and everything like that. But a great HR rep, I think can do what you say that they, they're able to handle the other stuff, but what keeps them up at night is how do I improve the, the culture of this company? Yeah. How do I make people happier, more motivated, want to be here? Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that too, is I think that there's probably a lot of solo HR managers out there who would love more of a seat at like the executive leadership table at the company. And I bet that's one of the most important things that would give them a, more of a seat is figuring out how to do great with the administrative HR payroll, you know, onboarding, all that type stuff, but spend more time on the strategic level stuff that really helps grow the business. And I, I guarantee, you know, more time spent there while still getting the other stuff done, you know, helps elevate the, the, the perception of HR at, at any company. Right. Yeah. I, I would a hundred percent stand by and agree, agree with that. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So we talked about, you know, that stage when companies should consider hiring a full-time HR employee, but what about, um, if they're too small, if there's, if they're too small for hiring an HR employee, how can they handle those different HR processes? I mean, we talked about some of those already of hiring and onboarding and training and everything else. What should a company do? Is it just kind of like, good luck to the management, um, go for it. But what, what advice would you have for, you know, those companies that aren't quite big enough yet to justify hiring a full-time HR person? Yeah, I, I can give two examples of when I've seen that. Um, one of them is actually, uh, my father-in-law's company. He's got an awesome, it's, it's a small, you know, they're probably operating with 10 employees only. And, and he doesn't want to grow two bit large. He tried growing this company larger and it just wasn't worth it to him. Uh, mm -hmm. He felt out of touch with the employees. Profits were like, he felt like he was working harder and not seeing that significant re rewards, which, which is, which is totally fine. I think not everybody needs to create a giant or create a giant empire. Yeah. Um, um, some of them thrive and they, they love that small company. Yeah. But he has expressed or he had expressed in the past struggles with with HR and and he's kind of come to me a lot because he knows of my background and he's talked about it. And um he he was struggling with with the the training on how to punch in and out and doing that properly and always having issues with payroll which HR isn't always directly linked to payroll, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like we, we can be empowered to train people and, and yeah. help them make their hours accurate. 
Um, and he, he was having issues with all of that, hiring people on correctly, being, being uh, compliant with the DOL, doing everything properly, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, everything. Um, and and he, all of that was kind of falling on his shoulders, his wife's shoulders, and, and, then, and then their secretaries, the, kind of the office mm-hmm. managers. Mm-hmm. And I asked them about it uh, a couple months ago. I said, so how's that going? And, and I'd, I tried to help him. And he said, man, we, we had to spend a little bit of money and outsource it. But he's like, it was totally worth it. It's, yeah. It added more overhead on top, but the the benefits i mm-hmm. he said it will it will pay itself off i will save yeah. money and payroll issues and mm-hmm. and hours spent and everything else so sometimes the solution is uh is uh just finding finding help outsourcing yeah. it there's nothing wrong yeah. with it um in my own situation when i was at the university I'd, I didn't have a budget that I could use. I didn't have tools that were given to me for HR. I had to create my own tools. Um, I'd like to think that I'm, I'm a tech savvy guy. I, I understand a little bit of, of software and, and I'm pretty competent in Excel and Google Sheets and, and I can do stuff with, with, website creation, a little bit with tool creation, not a lot. I know HTML and CSS. And so I just built something. Mm-hmm. I, I built it in Google Sheets and I, mm-hmm. I had things interacting with other sheets and I just kind of tracked and, and did everything. Um, and I grew a lot. I went from probably being a college student level expert in Excel and Google Sheets to being a, a business professional expert just through being given a problem and being told, we don't have a budget for this. Can you yep. make something? And yeah. I know Excel or Google Sheets or something can build, make it. Can you just make it for us? Yeah. Now I give Excel, Excel as an example for me that I built all of my tools there, but not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. But everybody has talents. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody has something that they can use, that they can create to help them stay organized and manage it. Manage yeah. it if it's paper or paperless. Yep. Um, people can get creative and, and they will come up with some pretty amazing things that will just help them keep track of it. But uh, so I guess the answer to that question is when approached with, those HR tasks and you don't, you're too small and you don't have the personnel to handle it. Don't shy away from it or, or, or be afraid of it. Go out and handle it because experience has taught me that ignoring it now might save you a couple hours, but it will cost you dozens of hours down the road. Yeah. I think that's great advice. So what I'm hearing you say is make sure you have a process in place for doing it. It doesn't really matter how you do it, but have a process, get organized, right. And then figure out 
the right things to support that process to help you stay organized. Whether it's you make a tool on your own in Excel or Google Sheets, whether you use paper, whether you find you know technology that you purchase that will help you streamline that process, whether you outsource it completely to an individual who can help you do all of that and more, or eventually even hire someone full-time in-house, right? All of those things kind of depend on um, where you're at and the cost-benefit analysis you got to run as a business. But first and foremost, you got to get organized. You got to have a process for these things. Is that right? Exactly. And and I would just take it a little one step further with my father-in-law's example. What he emphasized is he realized that the amount of time you just, just his decision to outsource it to someone else. He's like, yeah, I was upfront spending this money, but I realized that if I just allocate that time, I'm managing on it towards drumming up more business, Mm -hmm. being a better manager, doing these other things. It, it paid for itself where his profits, his profits that year reflected Hmm. that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. it, It really pays for itself. Oh, that's Regardless of what, what path you, you take, as long as it's well done, it pays yeah. for itself. Yeah. Awesome example. All right, cool. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I got, I got one other one, maybe one or two more questions for you, but uh, before we wrap up here, but this has been awesome. So I'm curious with a lot of your background in recruiting, right? You said you came initially to this company in like a recruiting role and you've moved into more of a general HR management for your office here. But but with that experience in recruiting, I think one of the biggest challenges that small companies face is finding and hiring good people who they need, who fit the requirements for the role, especially small local businesses, right? So what tips do you have for small businesses when it comes to helping them, you know, screen, interview, and hire the best candidates? That's an excellent question. Um, so if, if I could maybe take a, a little bit farther of a step back, um, there, there was kind of a, something close to my heart that I think about right now with the pandemic going on and everybody is talking about, you know, labor shortages and and everything. Um, I think it all starts with getting the word out and maybe I've been blessed, but I hear people say, Oh yeah, there's, there's a labor shortage right now. Um, there's, there's not enough work out there. And I'm, being an HR manager and and talking to my HR manager friends, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking in where (laughs) everybody I know in, in, I will admit this is more blue collar. Um, I I have typically worked more in the blue collar industry than white collar, but everybody I know is, is looking for people. Um, That can change where you are at, but if you are a small business owner and people are saying, Oh, there's no workers out there looking for work. The first thing I would say is don't believe them. That's the first piece of advice. There are people out there. Uh, Think out of the outside of the box and, and take risks and how you advertise it, Mm -hmm. do something new, do something creative and you'll find people. You'll, you'll find people out there. Uh, if it's 
yeah, there's there's so many opportunities out there currently, but there are so many people that if, if you truly have value to provide, yeah, people who are seeking value will find mm-hmm. it. So that's kind of the, the first advice piece of advice I would get give. That's great. And then maybe the second um, piece of advice I would I would give with with the interview process itself. Um, I've I've had small business owners that aren't in HR come to me and say, I, I don't know what to do when I when I, I find the person, he says he's got the experience, I bring him in for an interview, and I sit down and I think Oh no, I don't know what to ask him. Uh, I think it all starts with your job description. Putting the research, it's it's actually really kind of a simple formula. If if this is you, put the research into building a good job description. Uh, I I personally have always just done the, have you heard of the three R's of job descriptions? Yeah, share it with us though. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's responsibilities, or I'm sorry, requirements, responsibilities, and, and rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like to, you know, put down what I'm looking for, um, what previous experience or personality traits I, I seek for a good employee for my company, um, then responsibilities, and I, I go over I go over the details pretty well, and then and then the rewards and and it's oftentimes it's more than just pay, right? It can be training. It can be some sort of bonuses or benefits, right? Just put anything that you feel like you add value, you bring value to that employee's life. If they can Mm -hmm. work for you, put that down in the rewards. And then when you get to the interview portion and you have that awesome outstanding person in front of you and maybe some others who aren't outstanding and you want to pick the, the right one out of the group, mm-hmm. um, look at their resume and look at your job description and just say, okay, I see that I have a list of uh, requirements, things I'm mm-hmm. looking for. What on this list do you have? And then mm-hmm. ask them about it. Yeah. And really, if you just compare the two and, and just go down and ask them, Hey, I, I see that you listed that you have some experience in this. That's something on my job description. Tell me a little bit more about it. And you, I mean, with these people that are, it's funny, you get masters of their craft, so intelligent experts at whatever they do. And then they get in front of someone and they're like, oh no, I don't know what questions to ask them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they certainly do. They know every single question that they need mm-hmm. to ask them. Just look at that job description and just kind of check them, check it off like a checklist. Just yeah. Go down the list. That. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Tangible advice. I'm going to, I'm going to have to use that. I think that's great. So those three R's again, remind us what the three R's that are again. Yeah. So requirements, uh, that'll help you pick the most qualified individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, responsibilities so that they know what they're getting into yep. and you can tell whether or not they are um, equipped to, mm-hmm. to handle those responsibilities and then, and then rewards yep. um, so that they awesome. know what they're getting. In. Requirements, yep. responsibilities, rewards. So if you can just follow that framework and compare their resume and experiences and ask them questions around those those three areas. I think that's an excellent 
um, outline to follow for those interviews. So that's excellent. And, and I want to go back to the first thing you said too, you know, where it's about, there are people who are looking, you can find people. I think a lot of that too, just starts with just build a great company, build a great company where people love to work there. And, um, that's a, that's a loaded piece of advice because it's like, on one hand, sounds easy. On the all? other hand, it's like, how do you do that? Right. But I think that when, uh, I have noticed that when companies build a great company where employees love to work there and there's good managers that want to take care of people, it just naturally attracts other great people who want to work there. Right. And though you'll have up, you know, openings and you're going to need to search for people and you're going to need to be creative. Um, you will be able to find those great people when you build a great company that people want to work for. So that, that's my two cents from my experience, but love, love the advice there. So this has been, this has been awesome. Caden, last question I have for you that I like to ask, you know, a lot of our guests is, and this is a, a you know, switching directions a little bit, but uh, in your opinion, what is the most underrated tactic to improve either HR processes or employee experience? Um, great, excellent question. I think, uh, in my opinion, it's probably empowering the employees. Hmm. Um, I, th I think so much of, uh, we, we, we get, we like things to be like a well-oiled machine. And we like them to run smoothly. Um, however, sometimes if we create just this well-oiled machine, it becomes rigid. It's not flexible. And, and people aren't machine parts. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, empowering them. I mean, if you want to reduce your, your workload with HR, give people the power to handle a lot of these things themselves, to look up the information themselves, to know where to go to get this information. I mean, you, you've, you've mentioned a little bit, you, you work in uh, human resources software. Mm -hmm. um, there is stuff out there that can create independent, hardworking uh, employees that they, they have everything just at the tip of their fingertips. And mm -hmm. they, I think employees love that Yeah, when, when they can get the information they need and, and it's there and they don't feel like it's cloak and dagger or hard to get to, or that they're reaching out and they don't hear back for a week for what yeah. they need. Um, I think employees really value in empowering HR that isn't full of red tape, but is, is, putting the, the keys to these doors in the employee's hand. Of course, yeah. you know, we'll always be around. We'll be watching, make, making sure, sure they're opening the right doors. And, but, but I, I, I'd say, don't be afraid of that. Give them yeah. the power, let them, let them work it out, let them figure it out. And then, and then be there to help them along the way, you know, hold their hand a little bit, but eventually they'll, they'll want to remove those training wheels and they'll just want to go themselves. <laughs> I love it. I think that's great advice. I think it ties back to what we were just talking about too. When you can build a great company and hire great employees, you can trust them to 
empower them and they won't misuse that. Right. And that's, again, it's, a, it's secular. That's, that's what helps you build a great company, right. And attract other great employees is when you can empower those employees. So love that advice. Absolutely. Well, Caden, this has been awesome. If there are listeners who want to follow up with you, ask you follow-up questions on our topic today, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, probably just email. That's okay. it's, I have a long email. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll actually, drop it in on the page. So don't worry about yeah, spelling excellent. it. You send it to me and, we'll, and, you, and we will just drop it on the page for people who yeah, want to reach out to you. So. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Caden, thanks again so much for your time and appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of the day. You too. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddy. Eddy is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddy, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddy.com today to request a demo.